Thank you for tuning in to Entertain the Geeky, your source for nerd news. Guys, how's it going? Chris with Entertain the Geeky here to bring you the good news about Cloud9 Comics and more. Now, if you are looking to fill a spot in your collection, or if you're looking to pick up some trades, maybe you want something CGC graded, I want you to check out cloud9comicsandmore.com. They are also all over eBay, and that's if you go to ebay.com slash cloud9comicsandmore, you can find them in a bunch of their inventory. Paul over at uh, Cloud9 is always buying and never disappointing, so if you're looking to unload something in your collection, or if you're just looking to uh, pick something up, give Paul a call. 314-691-2864. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Nerd News. This is Jason with you as always, and uh, Chris is here. Guys, what's going on? (laughs) So uh, we didn't get to do this last week, so a couple of these things we're going to be talking about have kind of cropped up over the last, uh, you know, couple weeks. Um, But the first thing I want to cover is the, the Punisher trailer. Hells yes. Oh man, I I'm, I don't even know what to think about this. I'm just blown away. It looks so powerful and moving. It does. It, it makes me want to move right in front of my fucking TV. <laughs> it really does. Um, it definitely has, um, you know, all the elements that you would expect the Punisher show to have. So there's some kind of flashbacky kind of military stuff. There's uh, some CIA conspiracy stuff. And then we also get some things uh, from the comics that you'll remember, like Micro, mm-hmm. the the Punisher's little sidekick who uh, builds him the battle van, which uh, we're going to see the battle van, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, uh, you know, sets up, uh, I guess, a crime boss type character that is part of the conspiracy and stuff. There is one shot of a building or a room exploding and a guy's walking toward the camera and he's kind of like a very handsome guy. Like he's got a little goatee and a mustache and he looks very handsome. Um, well put together and all that. Yeah. 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 He's just, he's a, he's a, he's a good looking dude. And, uh, so, uh, people are speculating that this is Jigsaw, um, the character from the Punisher comics who was, I'm pretty sure he was, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was like a male model type guy in the comics. And his, his father was a mob boss and he didn't really need, uh, you know, the mob boss thing because he's a model and he's going around the world and he's making lots of money. Um, and then something happens uh, with Frank. Either his dad died or their business got really disrupted. So he ends up coming back and just getting maimed all to hell. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and if you remember Jigsaw from the comics, I mean, he, he basically looks like a guy that's just got different pieces of flesh stitched together for a face. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to describe it. Like, it's pretty gruesome. Very Frankenstein-esque. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And and so he adopts the name Jigsaw. And people have compared Jigsaw in, in different iterations to characters like the Joker, where he's just he just doesn't care anymore about his business or his money. He just wants to kill Castle. And that becomes his obsession, and, and everything else goes out the window. Um, so there's, I mean, that could be a very interesting kind of foil for the second half of the season, because it looks like the CIA military guy will probably yeah. cover the first half of the season. Um, but the trailer, I mean, they're, it's definitely going to be the most violent show we've seen on Marvel and Which, Netflix. After seeing a uh, season one of Daredevil, you're like, how can they top that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're getting just more and more out there with the violence and you're like, okay, I accept all of this. I mean, yeah. Even bringing Frank into season two of Daredevil made da- the season two very, yeah, very violent. It was br- you know? Well, I mean, but you're going from the, the Disney franchise Oh yeah, where you're like, oh, everything's sunshine and rainbows. And then you have people getting their teeth knocked out and shit and you're just like oh my god and then yeah like you said season two gets a little more intense jessica jones 
I mean, Jessica Jones was, I think Jessica Jones was violent, but it, what really killed me about Jessica Jones was the psychological oh, thing yeah. that was going on throughout oh, yeah. that entire show. Because when you look at, when you look at, uh, you know, Kilgrave as a character, he's kind of the worst guy you can imagine, right? I yeah. mean, you can right off the bat go, yeah, I mean, he's a rapist, right? Like he, his people have to do what he says. He has the ability to control their minds and he makes women have sex with him. And so I hate him. Yeah, so there's there's definitely a uh, you know it's it, it takes on a more psychological toll you know on Jessica and the characters around her and drives them to do some pretty crazy things in the pursuit of stopping this. Heck yeah, and and they're violent. You know the shows are violent, but even just the trailer for Punisher looks like some of the most violent stuff. Oh, it definitely looks like the most brutal Marvel thing that's been turned out ever. I mean, and and the the point being, right? Like that's what they started the Netflix thing for was to yeah. to take it uh, you know seriously and to try to do kind of an adult take on a on a superhero story. It doesn't have to be you know the clear cut black and white. Here's the good guy. Here's the bad guy. You can have sympathetic villains. You can have dark adult stories about human trafficking and yeah. and crime and you know, money laundering and all these things. Um, and all of the characters that they've brought into it work very well within that framework. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So what did you think about the trailer, though? All in all, I was stoked. I can't I can't wait. Yeah. The thing that pissed me off the most about it, though, is at the end of it, all you see is 2017. Yeah. And I'm like, don't you do that to me. You give me a real day. Well, they've had a, you know, Marvel and Netflix have had a weird thing that they've done with their trailers throughout all of the series runs where, you know, oh, here's season two of Daredevil's trailer. But guess what? It's only part one of the trailer because we show you all the Punisher stuff. But right at the end, we're going to introduce you to Elektra and you got to come back and watch trailer two in a month to see what what's up with Elektra. So this could be some kind of clever ploy that they're using to market it in a you know larger kind of broader spectrum to give us that second trailer. And right, like it's gonna come out in a week. Yeah, that would be sick. exactly. So you you could even do three trailers, right? You've got one number <coughs> that is revealed in this first trailer, 2017, which we obviously knew. We didn't have an exact date, but we knew they were gonna get it out before the end of the year. Yep. You could have a second trailer revealed the day. You know what I mean? To build suspense, like, especially if it's a day that's like a week away, you know, where it's like, it's the 29th. That's like, that's like next next week. week. That could be next week, you know, and then use that third trailer to give you the month. It's probably going to be sometime in November, if I had to guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say if it is in November, it'll probably be after Thor Ragnarok. How sick would it be if they did it on Halloween? I mean, that would be good. Just Netflix, drop it on Halloween. See, the, the problem is Netflix has another huge premiere coming out that weekend, too, and they wouldn't want to overshadow it. Stranger Things Season 2. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. Never mind. Don't do it. And if you've watched Stranger Things uh, Season 2, trailers look really good, and there's so many questions. I mean, we got answers to some of them, <coughs> but Season 1 of Stranger Things just left you with so many more questions well, than answers. And speaking of uh, Stranger Things, did you see the new Hellboy? Oh, man. See, this is why we, we I'm going to strive and try my hardest to make sure that this happens every week because of these kinds of things. This happened last week. The reveal of yes. Hellboy. And he looks amazing. He looks very similar to the kind of stylistic choices that they made when they made Ron Perlman Hellboy. The difference being he looks more like a real person. He looks more ripped. He's, well, I mean, he's... Ron Perlman's pretty ripped. I mean, go back and look at I've, those. I, I look at the images side by side. I'm telling you right now. 
This guy is freaking jacked. Well, but what they did with Ron Perlman was they tried to make... It was like cartoony. Cartoony yeah. expressions of his musculature and the hand and, and that, the horns. That's cool. Like here, And it looked like the comic. It, it was great. It looked good. It looked good. But you this want to ground better. it in a reality and... To, and, to an extent. Yeah. Because it's live action. Right. Um, exactly. Granted, you've got a half demon uh, that's running around killing demons and whatnot. Exactly. So Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. I love it. There, there's going to be a, a level of uh, realism that doesn't exist there, but I think that's that half-demon running around. So if you make him look a little more realistic, his muscles look real now and yeah. all that, that, it's sick, dude. Yeah, I'm digging the, the kind of long hair that's kind of hanging oh, yeah. down at the side, too. Kind of like what you got going on right he, now. He looks exhausted and pissed. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, that's that's an accurate assessment. <laughs> um. But yeah, so that that happened last week. Uh, again, I mean, we're gonna do our we're gonna do my best in the future to make sure that this keeps happening on a weekly basis because of things like that. I mean, there's there's always the, what the times we live in with this kind of culture. I mean, every week there's something new. There's always something I mean every going other on. day there's something. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's there's always so much to talk about. There's always so much to cover, and I I I actually feel like I don't get to cover enough in just the short time that I have to talk to everyone. Um, but again, that's why we'll, we're going to try to make sure in the future that this keeps going every week so we can get to those things. Um, another thing that actually just popped up yesterday, uh, it looks like Inhumans is probably going to be a self-contained miniseries according to promotion for it. That's because it's, it's premieres next weekend. Yeah. yeah well, the next the IMAX premiere, um, didn't go that it, well for it. It did bad. Yeah. There was supposed to be a two week engagement and they cut it down to one week yeah. because of how bad it did. Um, so yeah, it obviously didn't do good. It wasn't what they hoped. Um, but uh, I mean, hopefully that that wasn't what the whole thing is, right? I mean, all you're seeing when you watch that IMAX thing was the first couple of episodes, basically. So it could get better. I mean, we're all basing the critics even are basing their assessment of this story on its first two episodes. Well, yeah, and like if you look at Agents of Shield, you could not do that with that show because the first no. half of the first season was it was not good. It was yeah. bad. It wasn't that good. I mean. I, there was parts of it that I enjoyed, but it dragged too long. Tr- trying to get through it, because like talking to people that are into that show, right. I was like, how can I get into this? Well, it, it, they you, were waiting. You can almost start that show... Halfway through? When Hydra falls, or yeah. when, when S.H.I.E.L.D. falls, and Hydra is revealed to be a part of it. Because that's really when the show started taking on the elements that it needed to in order to make it what it is today. To be interesting? Yeah, well, up until then, it was like a Freak of the Week thing. It's kind of like an X-Files format, it was just right? a, It was bad, though. Like, I like Coulson. Coulson's so. fun. Coulson's dead. Okay? Let's just... Joss said he was dead. I mean, Joss did say he was dead, but Marvel said he's not, and we're going to have to defer to them, because they're, it's their universe. They're mistaken. That's why, he's, <laughs> that's why he's not been back in the movies, though. Cause, I... <laughs> because Joss Whedon said it, and everybody's like, yeah, we're going to respect what the King of Nerds says. I don't... I don't know. Oh, it's a I... thing. I think we won, even maybe close, even maybe soon in Avengers: Infinity War or its sequel. I think Coulson will be in one of those films. Not. I really think he's going to keep him out of those movies. No, I, I don't. I think it's too big at this point. Like everybody's got to be involved. You know, they're not I mean? going to have Daredevil there. Well, that's because Marvel's TV and movie divisions hate each other. But whatever, they need to get over that. Like well, now, they used to hate Sony. Oh, they did. Look at speak, them now. Speaking speaking of Marvel, Stan Lee said. He is trying to help Marvel get the rights back to the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Did you see that? I don't I don't know how that would work. I mean doesn't matter. <laughs> because here this is basically this is how this is gonna ship out or shape up. Um, you've got basically the father of modern modern comics, who's sure. 93, 94 years old. Uh, he's getting up there. Yeah. I'm not really sure exactly. I mean, his wife died this past year. 
we don't know how much longer we're going to have Stan. We don't. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. And it, if this man's dying wish is to see all of his characters under one blanket, you just do it. Okay, but it, at that point, would it not be just doing it because you feel bad because he's an old man? Do it. I mean, I don't care. I don't. It's Stan Lee. If he tells you to do something, you just do it. I I I agree with that. If right? George Washington showed up and was like, "Hey, you need to go drink from that river because that's what freedom is," you would go drink from that river. I mean, probably. I would stick my face in the Mississippi and just start slurping if that's what George Washington told oh, me to do. Oh man, knowing what I know about the Mississippi, doesn't I don't know if matter. I can do George that. Washington. Stanley, by the way, ninety-four years old. Yeah. He was born on December twenty-eighth, nineteen twenty-two. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That guy's been alive way too long. <laughs> I like having him here. <laughs> I do too. I think not, we all do. I'm not denying that it's good to have Stan More the cameos. Man around. Well, you know, they already filmed like six of them. I know. And are just going to insert them into films James to come. Gunn was stoked to get to do them too. Because yeah. James Gunn is the one that got to do all of them. James Gunn and uh, Joe Russo. Was oh, there. yeah. Joe, Joe Russo, Russo was part well. of it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they were super excited to get yeah. to do the Stan cameos. Oh, yeah. And, and it doesn't even matter. That, that's the great thing, right? Like, the way it works within the within the framework of the film, all you really have to do is is find a way to insert the already shot clip into a scene in your film. Yeah. That's actually way easier than trying to write into the script a part for him. Well, they could just take Stan, put him in a janitor outfit, on a green screen, have him, have, <laughs> so have him be, using a broom, yeah. and they could literally change it for every film and just have him shrug or something. Oh, well. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I love that they... That they there is that much respect for the man they want to make sure that even if he were to pass away um that we would still feel his presence within these films absolutely i don't think he has the power or the clout to change fox's mind if fox wasn't making so much money then yes i guarantee you he'd be able to change their minds but fox has got so many good things coming down the pipeline deadpool 2 uh we got x-force that's gonna put cable and deadpool in, in that film as well um, we've got New Mutants, which apparently just wrapped principal photography. Yep. Um, so they're they're really putting all. We've got X Men uh, Phoenix. Uh, you know, I don't really know how that's going to shake out. I really hope it's cosmic and involves the Shi'ar. But hey, I, I don't always get my wishes. <laughs> Not with X Men movies, you don't. No, no. Um, but yeah, they've just they've putting they're putting too much money into this basket. They're putting they're putting too many eggs the, in this the basket. The beautiful here. thing about Deadpool and Cable. And what would be hysterical about this, because of the this whole Deadpool breaking down walls and whatnot? Sure, is he could be like, "Hey Thanos," I mean Cable, I if mean, he were in the MCU, and it would be hysterical. And you could, it would be hysterical. I would love to see the likes of Cable fighting alongside Captain America. Oh yeah, I would love to see the likes of Deadpool, you know, fighting alongside Iron Man. Because that would probably be really funny. Because they're both really funny, quippy guys. Well, then you have, then you have the whole <laughs> Spider Man and Deadpool thing. Right? Because that's a thing. Or Star-Lord and Deadpool. Oh my gosh, Star-Lord and Deadpool would be awesome. I mean, it's 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 all great, and it's all a pipe dream. Then we can do the Venomverse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, unless these movies just tank, unless every one of them tanks, which is highly unlikely, how many people, I mean, I, I know you're out there, are excited about seeing Cable and Domino in, a, in the Deadpool sequel? We already know Deadpool's not going to tank. Right, that's that's the point, right? That, mean, that, people that, are going to go see that movie, because that one, the first that one, one will was be so seen. good. Um, absolutely. Uh, New Mutants, I think, will be seen because it's got, uh, it's got old Arya Stark. <laughs> I'm spacing. Maisie Williams. I'm not, um, not interested in that one. 
Maisie Williams is, is in the film. She's going to play Wolfsbane. I don't care. What? I'm not interested in New Mutants. She's a child of the Starks, and now she's going to be a werewolf mutant? Like, don't come care. on. Don't care. Oh, come on. Get out, Marvel! New Mutants is not X-Men, though. That's the thing that you got to remember about no, New I, Mutants. No, I, I, I'm, I'm aware of that. It, here. New Mutants wasn't a title that I ever really read. Oh, I didn't really read the title either. Um, I'm just kind of excited about seeing the movie because there's some cool characters. That that one's going to bomb. It's going to bomb. I think if anyone's going to bomb, it's going to be X-Men. The next X-Men film. The next X-Men were, film is going to bomb too. People were kind of disappointed After with Apocalypse. After they molested Apocalypse? I don't think that there was anything wrong with Apocalypse. I Everybody kept saying, the, the thing I kept hearing, and I, I'm, I'm defending this, so if you've got... You got a, a word to put in on this? Comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash entertain the geeky. Um, I definitely think. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I'm going to think about it. Let's move on. Well, hold on. So, <laughs> Olivia Munn, who played Psylocke in this movie, had to piss and moan to get a real Psylocke well, costume. Okay, sure. And it's because she's a fangirl, and you have to respect her for that. Yeah. Apocalypse looked like shit. Uh, uh, the look aside, right? Okay, so I, 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 could, I had a sec there to rationalize my thoughts. The look aside, everyone kept saying that Apocalypse is, uh, you know, was kind of one-dimensional in the film, that he had such a singular focus and he had no layer or depth to him as a character. And, and while I find that to be something that is accurate, it's exactly who Apocalypse should be. Correct. So this, this, this stigma, the look was, was their own choice, and they could have done it better. They could have done it way worse. It is what it is. I don't know, man. I saw concept art. Concept, <laughs> like, well, some of the concept art did look pretty good. It looked amazing. But it's, is it practical, right? That's what you have Absolutely. to figure out. Absolutely. You can look at a drawing and say, wow, that's a really good drawing of Iron Man. You've got to practically apply that to a real person in the third dimension. You know, the, uh, the company that actually did their um, prosthetics and everything, showed a couple of the mock-ups that they did for Apocalypse, and they had one that was more comic classic. Yeah. It, it flat-out looked better. Now, you don't have to do that as prosthetics. Like, you could do some and then CG the rest. I mean, sure. look, Thanos. Um, and I'll, I'll bet you everything on Thanos is CG. I think they just oh, put they... those little dots on his face, and yeah. they're like, yeah, that's where your face is, Josh. Thanos. Okay. Thanos is absolutely going to be CG. Um, so, you know, whatever. Do it as a CG. I'm cool with that. Make him look right. I, I want mean, this eight foot tall, five hundred pound monster. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I expect Thanos just based on the scale we've seen him at in other films. I expect Thanos will be what you would consider a giant. No, Thanos will. I'm talking about with Apocalypse though. He was weak. I mean, he was like five foot seven, weighed one hundred and forty eight pounds. We we did get to see him go giant in Professor Xavier's brain. Oh yeah, that was cute. Yeah, it was a nod. It was a nod to Giant Apocalypse. Whatever. Regardless of. Again, how you feel about how he looked. The the character was accurately portrayed as far as a motivation standpoint. Absolutely. And an emotional standpoint. I never pictured Apocalypse as this guy that just flies off the handle and gets really angry. Or this guy that succumbs <coughs> to his baser emotions because no. he feels that that makes him weak. Correct. So the kind of Oscar Isaac's kind of drab, you know, serious performance that he delivers, I think fits well within... Who Apocalypse has been in comics for a long time. And that's fair. Apocalypse wasn't the only problem with that movie, though. I don't know. I don't know. You don't it's like been... that movie. Don't even pretend. I, I, I don't like it as much as I like Days of Future Past and First Class. 
Um, in fact, I think that they go in that order. I think First Class is the best of this new generation that they've done. Days of Future Past is second, and Apocalypse is third. Now, that is kind of... That's not a good track record, right? Because what that mean, what that could mean is that Phoenix will be not a good movie. Or it could mean that we might get a change for Phoenix. We might see them try to bring in a new director that's not Brian Singer. Like that's, the, that's the problem I think they keep putting themselves into, right? Because Matthew Vaughn did First Class, and yeah. First Class was exceptional. It was a good movie. It was a really well-done movie. It was fun. It was engaging. It didn't hold your hand the whole time. A good it X-Men was, movie. Yeah, it was a good X-Men movie. Um, and again, then we went to Days of Future Past, and Brian Singer had to come back. And then he had to bring in his whole first generation of x-men to show this is my thing still and you know i own the x Men, right so and then we had apocalypse which he also directed and is by far the weakest of the three so i just really think they need to distance themselves from brian singer i think they need to bring in a fresh take heck even bring matthew vaughn back um so in any case we we went on a rant there about x-men yes we did um what else you got I do uh, have, uh, you know, this this actually just happened a couple of days ago, but uh, the announcement came down that Damon Lindelof and HBO are moving forward with Watchmen. And they gave us this sweet little logo with an H, a B, and then that nice little button. Yeah, and then they also, uh, uh, Damon Lindelof tweeted out the cover of like issue six or seven of Watchmen, which is just a little, a little, it's a statue, basically. He's got like a replica of it, but it's a statue uh, that was presented to Hollis Mason when he retired, nice. the first Night Owl. Um, so there was, you know, there's there, there's definitely the implication with the button and the and the, the statue. We're moving forward. Um, whether that means it's just going to be a mini series and going to try to adapt each comic into an episode, which would be awesome. It would be awesome. Um, I think with HBO, I think what what they're looking for is something that can can be ongoing. They're looking for the next Game of Thrones for sure. I think they have plenty of shows that pull the same kind of crowd, that pull the same numbers. You know, Westworld is huge. Westworld's big. Game of Thrones is... I mean, Game of Thrones is big. It's the bee's knees right now. But it's going to be over. But yeah. guess what? That's not going to hurt HBO in the long run, right? I shows mean, they're doing like, good. Shows they're like Westworld, good. I have not seen it, but I've heard The Young Pope is a very good show, a very interesting show to watch. Um, and several other shows that, that, that I have haven't watched in a long time, like The Sopranos and... You know, other shows that through their streaming service have now opened the door for people to pay them, continue paying them every month just yeah. to watch their stuff. Um, so they're, I don't think that they're going to be hurting. But I do, I am curious as to what Watchmen will be. Whether or not they, like I said, try to do it as a miniseries that just adapts comics um, or try to bring in some kind of broader look at it. Or maybe stretch out some moments from the comics and, and give us more, you know, story about what's going on. Well, you know what's crazy is the Watchmen movie, it, I guess it was 07, 08, yeah. uh, did it well. See, I didn't think so. It I wasn't think the, perfect. I think the movie was very overrated. I, I it think, was overrated, for sure. I think a lot of people were like, oh my god, this Watchmen's so good. It's it, like, it's not a good movie, though. It, it doesn't work as It followed things well, though. It, but it didn't, though. That's the thing that really got me. Everyone says, oh, it's so perfect, and it adapts the comic well. I'm just like, it doesn't adapt the comic well, There are though. bits and pieces that they stray. Don't get me wrong. There are huge plot points that are strayed from for that That's film. Fair. Okay. That are that are integral in from a comic perspective because of the larger narrative that he's doing throughout the entire 12-issue series. So it's fine to try to adapt it in that way, but 
some things that they used could have easily been thrown out because they don't matter that much. And things that they didn't use that are really vital to kind of making the story hit home for you as a person are integral to But is that just for you? No, that's for everybody, man. Okay. That is one of the most emotional journeys you will ever go on reading a comic book. That story is so good. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Everybody owns Watchmen. If you don't own Watchmen, you should own Watchmen. I did not own a copy of it. And and I remember I was working at the shop, and I was like, I just have to buy a copy of this. Right. Like, it has to be done. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely a fan of most of Alan Moore's. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just a very prolific kind of you know he he's got his finger on the pulse kind of good writer. You oh know? for sure. Now Super he's kind of slipped in later years here because he's he's kind of losing his mind. I think a little bit. I mean, there you get to a point where I think you're, for lack of a better way to put this, up your own ass. And yeah, I mean, sure. I think he might be there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 actually got. There's actually a video of him on the internet talking about how you know everything about Cthulhu and the old Lovecraftian things is is present in our society, and you need to understand that this is this is a problem. We got to fix it. Oh, it's just like, what are you talking about, dude? You're talking about a work of science fiction as if it's real. Like, come on, don't be a Scientologist. Maybe he's messing with people. <laughs> Maybe he's messing with people. He's like, let's see what the internet has to say about this. I mean, he could be trolling us all, and that would be expertly funny, but I think he's such a curmudgeon old man at this point that he's just telling you exactly what he's felt his whole life, but he's never expressed. Because he was a writer, and he was he was sought after. People wanted him to write their stories. You know, people read his books and his, and his, his comics. and They could adapt yeah. it to film. Yeah, and he hated it. He hates when his stories get adapted to film. Hated V for Vendetta. Absolutely despised Watchmen. I love V for Vendetta. Yeah. V for Vendetta was good. That's a good flick. It wasn't the comic also. No, no, it wasn't. But it was a good I flick. I don't, this is the problem, right? All of Alan Moore's comics are better adapted to a TV series format. <laughs> because they're so layered. With the exception of one... Oh, the killing killing joke. joke. I don't even want to talk about that. Let's 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 not go down that dark road. And if you've not gone down that dark road out there, I suggest that you do not. You can. You can. Hold on. You can. You don't watch the first twenty minutes. <coughs> okay. And then that is fair. That is a fair argument. Then you're to, good to skip over the part that is not the killing joke. But let's be honest with ourselves. While they went a long way to capturing Brian Bolland's art style in the animation. That doesn't really work well for animation, Brian Bolland's art style. It no. makes the animation look flat and cheap. A little bit. Yeah. So the the movie is not by any means perfect. I could, I could deal with the animation. Because here, the Batman animated series was not the greatest animation ever. Yeah, but it holds up. It's cool. I, I guarantee you Killing Joke will probably not hold up as a piece of animated you know, work. Because the first 20 minutes pissed everybody off, though. Anybody that's read that story... But you can look beyond the story and appreciate it from an animation standpoint, and that's not going to hold up. And honestly, cool, if you really are, you know, just hungering for Killing Joke, go read Killing Joke. No, right? It's, it's, it's don't the watch best way the to movie. Consume just it. go read Killing Joke. It's a much better way to enjoy the story. Uh, it has a lot more emotion and depth than the actors were able to provide when you're when you're fleshing it out in your own imagination. So just go read the book. The book is much better. The book is the best. <laughs> uh, the the girls at work, um, they're always like, "What's the best Batman story to read?" And I'm like, "Well, that's that's a trick question." I'm like, "But you have to a read a lot of good ones." I'm like, "You have to read Killing Joke. You have to read Dark Knight Returns." Um, and th- those are my two go tos. I'm like, "Year hey, one, year one's good." Uh, but I always tell them to go to those two first. I'm like, 
I'm like, first of all, go do Killing Joke. It's short, it's cheap, yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's a good story. Um, then do Dark Knight Returns, because I love Frank Miller. I like Frank Miller. I just have a problem with how dark Frank Miller makes the world. He's awesome. He he definitely um, he he definitely presents kind of the worst possible scenario. You know, kind of the darkest part of the underbelly of a city. Um, it's 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 not it's not like it's a terrible thing that that happens. It's just a little bit hard to swallow um, because he. He, he, he really just looks at everything as a dark, dark gray. And so what, what that ends up showing is that there's, there's people within the city, uh, you know, watching the news and, and hearing about what's going on with Batman or what's going on with the mutants or, or all of these things that are going on within the Dark Knight Returns as a story. And everybody is just so angry and self-centered he he just really presents a very very dark look at humanity as a you know as a writer and it just bothers me quite I'm not always impressed with our species though so I don't I don't blame I, him for it okay for yeah that's fair that's fair um but however he did do year 1 and year 1 the, the the darkness that is presented in year 1 is actually completely appropriate because it's when batman comes to gotham that a gotham that is broken and corrupt and terrible, and everyone's a criminal, and everyone would sell their mother for a dollar or a hit of drugs, you know. Fair <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it. So we we just ramble on and we get off topic. But what, uh, what other news we got? Uh, so that's that's probably gonna come. That's probably everything I got right now. Um, there's there's always plenty more to talk about. Um, I would I, I would say we'll we'll talk about Dark Knight's Metal, but we'll we'll talk about that next week. Let, mention that real quick. Just get it. Come on, man. Come on, get it in there. <laughs> all right, all right. I was, been I was so trying to wait this. until I had a little more information, though. Oh well, then then wait. Dark Knight's Metal is crazy. It's it's intense. I mean, I can comment on the story as a whole. I would like to get into specifics. Um, but I would like to be able to take a little more time call, to get into Call it specific. what it is right now, then. It, it's intense. It's you're masterful. You're, you're enjoying it. It's masterful. Thoroughly. Uh, so, I mean, I've been in different shops, and every store is selling out of the books. I mean, everyone is enjoying it. It's very, very good. Well, we just got this sick cover of Flashman. Yeah, I mean, the, the first one shot, which, again, we'll, we'll get into when we have some more information, um, the Red Death is, is Batman crossed with the Flash, and it's... It's pretty intense. Um, cool looking. They're doing a little chromium uh, throwback kind of oh, 1990s yeah. covers with a little shine on them. Love it. Um, so there's there's definitely a lot to look forward to. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about this because I, I'm not kidding when I say, but from here until the end of the year, every week we're going to have a new Batman book. Whoop, whoop. Not a new Batman book, but a new part of the Dark Knight's Metal story. Absolutely. Whether it's a one shot or an actual numbered issue of the of the miniseries or a, another book kind of tying into what's going on. Um but it's, it's mind-blowing. It is definitely the kind of thing DC has needed for a while. Um, even coming into Rebirth, which has been just a really, really fun kind of new take on a classic DC universe. Um, still acknowledging that New 52 exists, but we're going to work toward understanding why that was and what that was and what it actually meant for our heroes in the, in the universe. Um, but they've definitely needed something big uh, you know because one of the one of the best things dc's always done is the big crossover events marvel actually fails most of the time when it comes to crossover events horribly 
um, their, their track record is not good. Um, one in every six or seven are good, good crossovers, and they'll, that's not good odds. Sometimes they'll have them start well. They always start well. And then That's the just... thing about Marvel crossovers, yeah. <laughs> you read the first couple issues, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> it's strong, coming out the gate. And then it's just... Man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what, what was the one that I was super disappointed with a couple of years ago? Um, the one with the uh, Red Onslaught. What was that called? Oh, um, uh, Axis. Axis. Yeah, Axis. Avengers and X-Men. Garbage. I, I think that that story... Some stories can be bad stories, but what they do for the universe as a whole is great. And I think that was one of those examples, right? That story wasn't a very good story, no. but the impact that it left was great and was felt for a while with, with characters that used to be good and now they're evil or characters that were evil and now they're good. It was a very interesting kind of cross-section of what the what good and evil mean. Um, but DC's always thrived with the crossovers. And even coming into Rebirth, they've needed some big event to show that they still know how to do it, that they still can wow you with a big crossover event and make you want to read every issue that's tying into it, um, which is hard on the wallet sometimes. You know, I mean, you yeah. want to, you're enjoying the story so much when you see here's how Nightwing's dealing with it. Well, you want to buy that book and you want to see what happened to Nightwing during Absolutely. this time. You know what I mean? Um, so there's definitely, uh, you know, a lot riding on whether or not this story can cement you know kind of resubmit dc as a power player because new 52 left a lot of people disappointed it was it left a bitter taste in a lot of mouths it really did and and i you know what jason didn't care i liked some of the stuff that new 52 had to offer <laughs> there it is uh i didn't like everything and i liked less of it than i than i disliked um but it it did have some shining moments and it's honestly what built dark knight's metal right snyder and capullo's run on batman uh, one through fifty-two, or zero, I guess, through fifty-two. Yeah, um, is what it was the foundation for what this story is. So it is essential reading. If you're if you're reading Dark Knight's Metal and you're enjoying it as much as I am, um, and you'd like to know more, or you'd like to see how some of these 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 events that you're reading happened to Batman in the past to lead him to this moment played out. That's all you got to read. You just pick up the new fifty-two Batman run, um, and 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 you will know what's up. <laughs> you will understand all the pieces not to mention read some of what i think is the some of the best batman stories i've ever read uh definitely the two joker stories are fantastic um which are death of the family and uh end game yeah um we even had uh, commissioner gordon take over as batman for a while and wear like a big bat mech suit with right. the full support of the police department and the swat teams of gotham <laughs> behind him and it was great everybody thought that was going to be really silly and i admit i was on that bandwagon of thinking it was going to be really silly because the designs for the costume looked silly but that turned out to be some of the best commissioner gordon stuff and when you think of good stories that have involved commissioner gordon like um uh, you know, Bruce Wayne wanted, um, Bruce Wayne murderer, the stories where Commissioner Gordon is the lead character and Bruce Wayne is a suspect. Yeah. Right? Um, year one, our introduction to Commissioner Gordon or Lieutenant Gordon, as he was at the time, yeah. um, was great. It was kind of a great look into this man and, and who he is and his values and his morals. Um, and this, that was the, 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 the time he was Batman was no exception. I mean, it was just a really well kind of grounded story about a normal man trying to live up to a legacy because they thought batman was dead yeah right like they thought he had died fighting the joker and technically he did 
the Dionysian brought him back to life. He's fine. Yeah, it's, it's like it's this. Batman. It's this. It's basically a chemical that's found in like Lazarus pits. Uh, Ray Shalgul keeps coming back to life. That's like his shtick. Um, it's basically he's Batman. Yeah, and Joker came back to life too. I didn't die because I'm Batman. <laughs> but if you're reading metal, that's definitely a thing that that has. Um, uh, you know, been mentioned that he was exposed to a specific chemical called Dionysium during this story, that he was exposed to a sp- specific chemical called Electrum during part of this story, and so on and so forth. Um, but it's all built to to metal. Um, and again, we've we've got something coming out literally every week. So either next week or the week after, we will we will have way more information than we do right now, and we'll be able to have a serious spoilery discussion about the events and how they're unfolding. Um, but again, I, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I'm going to do my best to make sure that we can get this done every week. We've missed a couple. Um, at the very least, it, it will be done before the weekend is out most of the time. <laughs> um, but I hope everybody's out there enjoyed hanging out with me and Chris and yeah. talking about nerdy stuff. You did, did, you, did you enjoy yourself? I had a good time, yeah. man. I, lo- I love coming on to Nerd News with you. It's a blast. I, I, we, we tend to ramble, I think. Well, yeah, because you get excited about the stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So it, it's only natural. Like on the uh, on the regular EG podcast. Well, we that's I mean that's all we do is ramble. Right. We're good at it. Well, yeah, you guys are way better. at We it can than me. mumble and for hours. <laughs> it is like I said. It is always nice. <laughs> I've said it before, and I'll I'll keep saying it. it is always nice to have someone to talk to during Absolutely. the show. Someone to to play off of that's in the room with me. When you don't feel weird talking to yourself in an empty room. I mean, it does feel really weird. That's you're right. That's not that's that's not an untrue statement. There, it's sitting in the room all by yourself, just talking, feels really weird. I've had to come in just to film ad, or record ads before. Yeah, and you sit down and you're like, guys, I'm recording an ad. I hope nobody hears me because this is weird. <laughs> oh, it is. It is a little strange. Uh, I, I I do enjoy having. Uh, you know, someone on the show to talk to, and maybe in the future we'll get you and Roger involved Heck more yeah. often. Absolutely. So that uh, we can well, not ramble on about the same thing for 20 close minutes. Close us out here, Jason. Um, so, <laughs> way to put some pressure on me there. Um, so, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, um, check out all the other stuff that we've got to offer at the Entertain the Geeky channel. Um, check out the website, entertainthegeeky.com. Um, check out the Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash entertainthegeeky and find us on the Twitters. Guys, it, check this out. If you go to entertainthegeeky.com, there are actually little buttons at the bottom of the website where you can click just to go to our pages and you can follow, like, subscribe, whatever, until your heart is content. So go to go to entertainthegeeky.com, get your social media fix, and then while you're there, leave us a comment and let us know what you want to hear about because it matters to us. Absolutely. If you've got suggestions, leave them as comments in the episode. I will be glad to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, But until next time, uh, everybody stay geeky out there.